It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, my name is Chuck Hello, my name is Chuck Harris, and I'm the director of the Peninsula Baptist Association in New Purdue's Hampton, Williamsburg area, Virginia. We're a diverse network of 65 churches committed to making an impact for God's kingdom in our region. Charles Cheek, who usually hosts this show, asked me to guest host today so he could attend to some important business meeting he had to be at. So this is my first time hosting, so just show me a little grace if I mess up. Uh, today I'll be interviewing with uh, John Claude Ware, Jr. John is in the process of planting a unique church in the Newport News area. He will be telling us his story and sharing with us about his own personal convictions on issues such as the racial tension in our nation, justice, as well as a bit about the vision for Lifehouse Church. So please welcome John to the front porch and to the microphone. John, good to have you. Hello, Chuck. Thank you so, so much for choosing me to be on this show. I am completely honored, man, that you would choose me. Well, since this is, is my first time, you're yeah, taking exactly. a risk. I am taking a huge, huge risk, man, but you are awesome, and I know that, that you're going to do a great job. Well, I'd like you to say some more about me, but let's get to talking. Yeah. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, my name is John. Like you said, um, I'm, 30, I'm, 34 years, I'm 34 years old. Um, I was born here in Newport News, Virginia, um, at Riverside, and so was my wife. We were actually born 11 days apart and didn't even know it back in 1983. Um, born here, raised here. Um, currently, I am married. I have three boys, um, six years old, three years old, and one years old. So we have a pretty insane household. Every day is like a big WWE wrestling match. It is absolutely crazy. Um, but, um, dude, God, God has really, really blessed us. Um, I have been in ministry for 11 years. I did 10 years in youth ministry and we, and my, my wife and I transitioned back in October, 2016 to focus on planting Lifehouse Church in Newport News, Virginia. Something else about me too is I stutter. So this could be the longest, the longest interview Chuck, you've ever done just a heads up for you. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> because we tagged this a stuttering pastor with a clear message of love, yes. and I wanted the people to know that that yeah. wasn't my idea. You said, yeah, no, no, no. You know, because really, it's it's something that I have done um, since I was young, and um, the thing about it is, I, I is number one, I don't think people know a whole lot about it. One percent of people in this world stutter. And I am one of those one percenters, and um, you know, and and plus two, no one knows why. You know, no one knows why people do it. Um, people just say slow, slow down. Think about what you're going to say, and they try to give helpful hints. Um, but in reality, no one knows. No doctors exactly know why people stutter. And so, really, I think that, that it's really great to. Um, to give people information about it so they can know if they do encounter a stuttering person, be patient with them, let them talk, let them spit it out. Don't finish their, 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 their don't finish their words for them and let them be them. Cause a lot of stuttering people struggle with self image. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but I, I don't know why I felt God call me into ministry to talk a lot and that's what I'm going to be doing and that's what I do a whole lot starting people we have really good days and some bad days some days I can talk really fluently some days it's just tough and I've just got to fight it out and spit it out the best that I possibly can um, but um, you know what I felt God tell me um, whenever God called me to ministry is um, this Jesus message is good enough to be proclaimed through stuttering lips and that's what I've always said is it was like you know what I don't care 
I'm going to get up there and I'm going to proclaim God's word and I'm going to tell people about Jesus and and really at that point it's God's job I'm going to do what God's call, called me to do and I'm going to let God do what God does best and that is save people and help people So that's awesome I, I yeah. guess you're in good company I think Moses was in the 1% yes Moses is my favorite Bible okay. character, character shockingly you know he uh, yeah whenever I'm, I'm like God I can't do this he He's like, go read Exodus 3. Go read Exodus 3 and Exodus 4. And I'm like, all right, gotcha. So, well, let's get to it here. Yeah. Uh, why plant a church here and now? Great question. I ask that many, many times. Because um, if you are from this area, you know there's a, feel like there's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, church is all over the joint, you know, especially if you go down to Todd's Lane. There's one, I mean, one, yep. I mean, you could throw a baseball from one to, to each, to each other. There's churches all over the place. And I, I really ask God the same, because there's so many great churches in this area, Freedom Life, and City Life, and Next Level, and WEC, and, and Northside, and just so many great, great churches in this area that, um, I was like, God, why do we need another one? And then I did some, some data and really what I found is, is, is this in Newport News, there's 190,000 people right. pro- projected to grow by the year 2020 to 220,000. In the city of Newport News, there's 354 churches. How did you get that information? I was looking for that. I, so. <laughs> I actually spoke to, at the gym, somebody that, that does uh, realty assessment for the city. Okay. And so I guess he has data about that number so and they said there's 354 churches so the average church size in in the united states is one is 100 people give or take some churches are bigger some churches are smaller but the average size is 100 people so if you apply that same number to this area you times 100 times 354 that's about 35,000 people that are actually part of a church in a city of 100 and 100 and 90,000. And um, so really, though, even, you know, on the peninsula, when you include Hampton, Yorktown, Newport News, and Pocos, there's 450,000 people. Uh, and according to city to city data, 300,000 of them claim no religious affiliation. And so there might be a lot of churches, um, but there's a lot of people in this area. And plus, whenever you think about those churches, how many of those 354 churches are designed to reach people and that are functioning at a place where they're saying we're just not here to ex- to exist we are here to reach people and so really whenever i did that it was kind of like you see a big big need and so that's when we were like you know what this is it so this is it for us as you pick and you've already got a core group of people together we do and as you look at your core group and yeah. you look at one of your church looks like in a year to three years. Yeah. Who is? I know you want to reach as many people. Yeah. But is there a target? Is there a particular age group that's sort of your sweet spot, or a particular demographic that you feel like you will be most successful Man. in reaching? You know, our hope is to reach people that don't know Christ, and and and, and, and you know that can. I don't want to say that we're that we're going to reach thirty somethings or forty somethings. We want to reach people that don't know Christ because. Because really, we think all of them really have a common need, and that is the, you know, what they need Jesus. And we're going to be a church that is designed for people that don't know Christ. And so, really, our vision statement is: we want to help all people experience life change through Christ. And we know that that's kind of generic. You know, it's, it's like life change. What does that even mean? We define life change as being four things: number one, knowing, knowing Jesus. We want people to know Jesus not just the Jesus that they've heard about. We want them to know the Jesus of, of the Bible that is full of grace and full of truth. Secondly, we want them to find freedom. And basically what that means is get into relationships, is to get into a small group, get into a place where people actually know them. Third, we define life, we, we define life change as, as, um, as people discovering their why, discovering their purpose, why they're on this planet. It's more than just to suck oxygen. Fourth, we, we think life change is making a... a difference. It's like once you find out who you are, how you're created, whatever context you're you're at work, family, job, going in, having the mindset of I'm going to go into those places and make a difference for Christ. 
So I know from conversations you and I have had in the past that kind of core level value of, of your of your congregation is going yeah. to be diversity. Yeah. Why, why yeah. is that important to you? And what and how would you describe question. diversity, I guess, too? Um, well, diversity, uh, defining it, I'm probably going to do a very bad job of these. probably want to go on dictionary.com and look for it. <laughs> no. Um, diversity to me is surrounding yourself with what is different than what you are. Okay. You know, and um, I think diversity is important because mainly it helps it not be a You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so being in a in, in a diverse first off we live in a very diverse area yes and so i want the church to where our target city is our targeted area is and so we want to be a diverse church but also diversity forces people to give up something you know think thinking of it thinking of thinking of it this thinking of it this this way worship music you know, everyone has a preference. Everyone's got what they like, whether it's Chris Tomlin or whether it's William McDowell or whether it's Hillsong United, Israel Houghton, right? Everyone's got a preference. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to be a church that is not just going to say we're going to be a Hillsong church. We're not going to be a Israel Houghton church. We're going to play a diverse uh, selection of songs that is going to include hymns. It's going to include Israel Houghton. It's going to include Hillsong. It, it, it's going to include a bunch of different artists and sounds. And what so, that so everybody will get upset about something. Everybody will get upset about something. But what that does is this: it forces them to say, "Do you know what? I might not connect with this song, but somebody is. And, and do you know what? I'm going to cheer that on, even though I might not get get you know get the Holy Spirit goosebumps out of this song." Some somebody is, and so you know one of the big core values of our of our church. The first core value is this: it's not about us, and so we see that as being this mission always trumps preference. It's basically saying whenever people go into a church and they start saying, "I want this, I want that, I want this kind of song, I want this kind of sermon, I want this, that, and the other thing," um, what that does is is it turns the church inward. And basically it's, it's saying, I'm at this church so so it can be about me. Um, those kinds of people at our church, I don't know if they're going to be happy, you know, because... Um, well, we live, you in, know, we live in a consumer yeah, culture where yeah. people want to know what is in it for me. Absolutely. So a lot of people are going to come and check you out and go yeah. say, what's in this for me? Yeah. They may not find what they're looking for, but yeah. others may. You know? Yeah, and, and that is totally cool. We, we know... We're, we're not going to be a church for everybody, and we're cool with that. We, we live in a great church area, um, but we want to always say not – we want to ask the question, um, not what what makes me happy, but what forwards the gospel. Okay. That is the question that people have got to ask, especially whenever it comes to the mission and purpose of the church, is what is going to move the gospel forward, not what makes me happy. And, and so when it comes to diversity, it'd be easy for us to just kind of, to just kind of like pick a style, you know. But um, we're, we're going to say, what is our area? And, um, and, and plus two, diversity um, is really the kingdom of God. It's what heaven's going to be like, you know. And so we, you know, we're called to bring heaven to earth. And so we believe heaven should be that way. Earth should be should be should 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 be that way also. And plus, I've always been diverse. Like I, I've always had, even in my wedding party, I had five guys in it, and two were black, two were white, and one was Asian. So I've I've always throughout my life always wanted to surround myself with with diversity. Well, it's interesting you say that because a lot of churches, and particularly a lot of church plants, say they want to be diverse. Yeah. So how, do, how other than the worship style, how will you be intentional about ensuring that there's diversity in, in your church? Like, yeah, that's, like a, leadership that's team, a great question. Yeah, like you know, first off, I think it's got to be re- reflected on the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, is it, and, and really you used a really good word, a, a good word there, intentional. <laughs> and um, 
and we believe that first off that that begins uh, on the platform what do people see whenever they walk in mm -hmm. um, what do people see online you know what what do what do what do people see and and, and so we're going to be intentional about that also though like I you know like I like I said worship you know it, it kind of is a a, a, a great uh, analogy that we're going to be intentional just not about doing one style we're going to do probably a bunch of different styles and we're going to uh, appreciate those do those um, and uh, so you know and, and part of it is we're going to figure it out <laughs> you know you know like I've never been a, a lead pastor so there's going to be a lot of things starting off that I'm going to um, try that might fail that might do well um, but we are going to err on the side of, of being diverse, because um, you know, just, just, just for all of the reasons that I previously said. Well, I'm glad you said that. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted you here is um, because this is a conversation about issues like justice yes. and, and, and diversity and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I read a post of yours on Facebook the other day. There's a lot of a lot of posts on Facebook recently about things going in the world. But Facebook is the devil. Can, well, okay, so I'm going to make you read your own words here. So okay. <laughs> these are words you posted on Facebook last that week. good. Yeah. All right, so um, I posted this, um, I don't know when it, when it was. I think it was the Monday after Charlottesville. Um, the, the Monday after Charlottesville happened and it said this after reading a bunch of news stories on facebook posts by various people about charlottesville it's crazy to see how divided people are not just about what happened in charlottesville but about the root of why charlottesville happened and who's to blame it really can be mind-numbing reading the various viewpoints and posts but through all of the noise here's what i know any ideology, viewpoint, or lifestyle by any person or people group that sets a certain race or color above another for any reason is sin. Flat out, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It, meaning racism, is still alive in the USA and should be called out, challenged, and lovingly but firmly eradicated everywhere, but especially in the church where Jesus and his teachings and values should be taught and lived. One of the things I love most about Jesus is that when he came, he leveled the playing field for humanity. No more of this, I'm better than you because of what I do, what color I am, what country I'm from, or what I possess. And um, Jesus stepped right in the thick of the Roman Empire, which was steeped in this kind of thinking, and declared that there was a new king that was bringing a new kingdom that was built on love, peace, justice, hope, forgiveness, and equality. And when Jesus taught his, his disciples to pray, he taught them to say, do this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus was saying here is that as Christ followers, we should pray for and live this new kingdom here on earth and strive to bring the values and principles of heaven to this earth. Things like love, peace, justice, hope, forgiveness, and equality. May we as Christ followers strive to bring the reality of heaven to this earth. May we be people who don't just talk about justice and equality for all on Facebook, but live it with our lives on a daily basis. And may the hearts of those who are filled with hate, racism, bigotry, and prejudice encounter the life-changing grace and love of, of Jesus. So, John, tell us what you really think. <laughs> that was yeah. very clear, very, yeah. very, very well said. Yeah. I want to I pick just one phrase out of there that you said. May we be people who don't just talk about justice and inequality for all on Facebook, which seems yeah. to be a lot of that going on, yeah. uh, but, live it with, but live it with our lives on a daily basis. Now, what does that look like for mm. you in Newport News of 2017? How do we love, live justice Inequality. And I know you don't proclaim to be an expert on these things. Totally. What does it mean yeah. in your life? Oh man, such a great question. Um, you know, and and like you said, I'm I'm kind of still learning this. You know, and um, you know, growing up, I, I was so privileged to grow up in a very diverse church, Beth Bethel Church, Bethel Temple, the way the most people know it, who really led the way in this area for being a multi or for being a diverse church, Pastor Dan Livingston back in the early, back in the late '80s, early '90s, um, it, it was primarily a white congregation that said, "We're we're going to break this barrier down," and he received a ton of flack. Oh, yeah. He received death threats. He received a bunch of stuff, um, but it it really tore the wall down. And Bethel was really a lighthouse of what a diverse church could could actually be in 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 this area and I was privileged to grow up in that 
So I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it 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 was kind of something that I caught rather than taught. It was just I grew up in it, and and it was so. My mom or dad never had to tell me that 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 this wasn't normal. Like that was my norm is growing up in a diverse church. But to go back to the question though, um, I, I I think it's it's got to be more than people being armchair quarterbacks. And Facebook is the worst possible way to have a conversation. And not saying that it can't be leveraged the right way if it's done the right way, but it always cracks me up whenever people say, I'm not trying to stir up controversy here, but let me say this. I'm like, but you're an idiot. You know, it's like, how how dumb are you? I mean, it's going to stir up controversy, you know, but not saying that stirring up controversy is bad. But at the same time, if you want to have an in-depth conversation and you've got to get from behind the keyboards and you've got to say, how can I talk to somebody? How can I get somebody else's viewpoint? How can, um, you know, how can we practically do this? You know, and and so when when I say it's got to be more than just Facebook posts. It's got to say, what are you doing to understand, not just be understood? You know, what are you doing to actually hear rather than just be heard? Because the reality is this. Um, We we can't sit, like, I'll never, I've never been a black person. I never, I don't think I will be, right? But, but like, so I can, I should never and can never speak for what it's like to be a black person. Okay. Yeah. I can't do it. And if I think that I can, then it's, you know, it's like, I, I, I need to go and sit down. Tell me your experience. Yeah. Tell me about what you feel. Tell me about where, where you heard. Tell me about where you think we could get better. And actually sitting down and listening rather than going on, like, you know, get off of neighbor that's different than, than you. You know, and, and one of the things too is, you know, um, I might not be able to sway everybody, but I can sway my circle of influence to do this, you know, and that starts with 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 my home and with my kids. You know, I love my neighborhood. It's, it's very diverse and almost every day I look out and see my six-year-old, my three-year-old, and one-year-old playing playing with other black kids and having a great great time and um, I'm and because I want that to be normal for them you know I want that to to be like look this is the way it should be this is heaven on earth you know and and so I I think you got to get from behind the keyboard actually go and have real conversations and then get involved you know it's it's kind of like what you know Jesus was about bringing you know what I said and what I read here and uh, so I think you have to ask if that's the side Jesus is on. How can you get on that side to bring equality, to bring hope, to bring love, and all of those sorts of different things? Yeah, and I agree with you about seeking to understand other people. And I yeah. think it's something we don't do very well. No, it's really not. And and we we do come at even incidences like Charlottesville with different filters on, and yeah. we need to own that, I believe. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that I'm going to perceive this event different than another person is going to perceive it. That doesn't make one of us right, no one wrong, but we're seeing it from different perspectives. Yeah. What are some of the What are some of the issues, justice issues, you, you think in our in our in our community in, in Newport News, Hampton area? What are some hurts? What are some things that, that need to be addressed that that maybe the church has a voice in? Anything uh, you can think of? Yeah, you know. Um, Honestly, I, I, I'm I'm still learning this, you know. And one of the things that I am really thankful for is for people in this community like yourself, Pastor Freddie, Kevin Swan, other pastors in 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 this area that are really leading the charge in this area. Um, personally, you know, I, I I think there is definitely racism that goes on where it's you know flat out racism or prejudice. You know, you know, deep, you know, deep-held prejudices that um, that I think need to be addressed. You know, and really need to be talked about. Um, it, you know, it, especially and, and really, I think churches we have a very unique place because we have a very unique place to bring unity around somebody, and that is Jesus. You know, and saying, look, you know, and what I've read, Jesus 
came to level the playing field. He, he came to bring worth and equality to, every, to everybody, you know? And um, so I, I think we have a very unique opportunity to, as pastors especially, point people to Jesus, point people to the cross, point people to unity, um, and really, and really tell me, especially if, if they're Christians, to say, look, we're part of the kingdom of God first, and the kingdom of God has qualities to it that we need to to abide by. You can be passionate about what you're passionate about, but also know you have a kingdom that you are accountable to first. So whatever avenue you want to choose in a way that's Christ-honoring, God-honoring, and brings unity and edification. But I'm really that I think needs to be addressed and we hope to be as a church a voice in, in, in that and being a voice of reconciliation and being a, a voice of unity and being a voice of diversity. Since you mentioned uh, Pastor Freddie, you talking about Freddie, yeah. the other day yeah. Al, Billy Al. Mine, I had lunch with Freddie yeah. yesterday and oh. we were having a similar conversation and, and Freddie was talking about in his own life the struggle when an event like Charlottesville happens, yeah. the struggle of when is it that, that I need to speak up with a prophetic voice? In other words, mm. saying, this is what these... And when Absolutely. am I just talking out of my own pride because I'm upset? Yeah, and, man, and, that's you tough. Know, he really hit it right there because really tough. so often we react yeah. to something out of anger, out of frustration, so out of our true. own sense of pride. Uh, when there there's often is a place for righteous indignation for Amen. saying, this is wrong, we got to stand up for you. So how do you, in your own life, how do you... How do you find that place to know when it's right to speak up and say something like you did on Facebook that that's yeah. very appropriate words? Yeah. And when is it time to just say, well, the number one pause. Like yeah. that's one thing that I have learned is to pause. You know, and one of the reasons why. Pause. Well, you know, you know what? There's one thing I know about myself. Stuttering has taught me to think before I speak. Because I, you know, I always think about what I would be like if if, if I didn't stutter, and I would be, I'd probably been in so many fights growing <laughs> up. I know, I like, I, honestly, I would probably be a jerk, yeah. and I would probably be pompous and a jerk and just a just a motor mouth that would annoy and probably bring bring hurt. So one of the gifts I think of stuttering for for me is it's really made me think about what I say, and um, I, I think that's so important whenever it comes to this. I I, I wanted to speak out on Saturday. It was going on, but I said, you know what? I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to think about this, and then come out on Monday and say something. And so I, I think for me, number one, scripture. Um, I think filtering everything through scripture is vitally important. Secondly, the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What do you sense that you should do? What position has God put you in? You know, saying something on Facebook for me. I had a lady on. on a lady on our launch team texted me on Tuesday and say, I'm in tears reading re- reading what you wrote because it meant so much to me as a black lady that you would speak up and say something. She said, I had no idea that it, that it really even mattered that much. She, she said, but what you said mattered. And... I, I had no idea. I wasn't trying to. I, I was just speaking what was what was what was on my heart, you know. And um, but you know, it's it, 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 it's like scripture, the Holy Spirit. What, what do you really feel God sensing you to do? And then I, I think you you got to be courageous. You got to stand by what you say. You you, you got to have your backbone firm. And if you're going to stand up there and you're and you're going to say something. Potentially in a, in a church plant, where yeah. everyone walking in the door, yeah. you're, you're counting on. You can say something that's going to offend someone. They're going to leave because Absolutely. the words came out of your mouth. Yeah, you know, offense to me, you know, I hope to not offend people, but honestly, the gospel in its core is offensive, mm-hmm. you know, because it's confronting people about where they're at with their life, you know. And, um, of course, as a church, we want to try to break down that barrier. We don't want to be, we don't want the, you know, the, the, message of Christ is a stumbling block. We try to reduce as many stumbling blocks as we can, but the message of Christ is hard. It's a hard, hard message to accept. And, um, you know, like we're not going to be unwise. We're not going to be raw. We're not going to just be saying a bunch of craziness. But, you know, we want to be on the side of Jesus. And we want to speak for what the kingdom of God is for.
and we're not going to uh, apologize for that. This is what God's called me to do. 
and I'm not going to let nothing hold, hold I'm not going to let nothing hold me back. Heroes for me, dads that are in their kids' lives. And so love how do their you kids. encourage that in your church then? So, I, so. I got to model it. So I, I see myself as having four, four roles with my life, four things that I'm going to do until the day I die. Number one, Christ follower. That's the first and foremost commitment that I've got. I'm going to follow God. Secondly, husband. I am a, a dedicated husband to my to my wife. I'm not the best husband. I'm learning by God's grace. As I am a, a better Christian, I do. I am a better husband, um, and, and I want to love her, cherish her until the day that I die. Third, father. I want to be in my kids' lives. I want to love my kids. I want them to know dad loves me. He cherishes me. Fourth, pastor. It's got to go in that order. Christian, husband, father. And the fourth thing that I do is God has called me to pastor a church. And so I want that. What does pastoring look like? In your mind, would you say pastor? Wow. Pastoring. Um, I had a friend. Yeah. I had a friend who planted a church a few years ago, and he yeah. was all excited about he had never pastored before. Oh. And about a year in, he's going, "Man, I didn't realize how many messed up lives there are out there to have to pastor." Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> it's definitely true. You know, it, if you were to ask me, John, what do you want to do with your life if you had no limits, no limits, money, talent-wise, what would you want to do? What I'm doing now is what I would want to do. There, nothing else fires me up more than helping people know God see who they are in Christ and have them doing what God's called them to. Like, literally, even thinking about it, I get this rush of, I don't know what it is, adrenaline into my brain. And, um, you know, really, I see pastoring as, I hate to, it's so generic, but helping and loving people. Mm -hmm. Not saying, what can this person do for me? But how much, how can I push this person towards Jesus and what God has called them to to do and I mean and you know, there's definitely more but like when you're if you're kind of if you're trying to like sum it up why you do what you do that's that's what I see it as it's helping people and loving people and creating a church where people can come and find community they can find hope they can find love they can find forgiveness and so it's kind of like half that but also half architect of creating systems and creating a place where 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 people can thrive, you know. So I'm picturing this this diverse young church. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be somewhat messy. Pro yeah, very probably. You're trying to reach people who yeah. maybe don't have a lot yeah. of church background. Yeah. Don't know how to play church yet. You know, yeah. they never learned. But right. you know, people learn how to play church. Definitely. And it's a diverse church, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different cultures coming in. Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you hold that together? What What is the glue that's going to, to make this happen? Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, I, th I think, number one, leadership has got to be healthy. You know, and it's because it, it, everything rises and falls on leadership. And, and not like we're some great people, but, like, we can't lead. We can't lead people if, if number one, God isn't leading us, and we can't lead ourselves. Um, and, and so I would say the glue to that is um, making sure that we are raising up healthy leaders, that we are not, you know, that, that we're just not creating a busy culture. We're just not trying to do a bunch of different stuff. You know, as a church, we're going to do a few things, and we're going to do a, a few things well. You know, we want to have great Sunday services, great, great small groups, help people know how they're wired, and then plug them in and get them into serving in whatever capacity that God has for them. That's like, I don't see you know, us having like a strip mall or see, see us, you know, doing a bunch of different stuff. Like we, that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be our, our niche, you know? And uh, so, I mean, as far as the glue, I would probably say healthy leaders, we're going to be laser focused and um, the Holy Spirit, you know, and, uh, you know, part of church planning that I've seen is some of it is being proactive. If this is the kind of church that we're going to be. But also saying, of also being reactive and saying, God, we're going to, we don't know who's going to show up. We don't know how many people are going to show up. 
there's a lot we don't know. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so like, there's a lot that we don't know, yeah. you know, yeah. and and so we're gonna leave God some room. Like we believe God has led us to say these are the things that we're gonna be about, but at the same time, we're gonna say God, we're gonna be moldable. You know, we, if you bring us a certain kind of person, you know, and they say, hey, you know, we're we're gonna be reactive to the to what God wants. And we're, we're going to plan and prepare because we're not going to be lazy and we're not just going to wing it. But at the same time, we're going to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants. And, you know what I'm saying? So so you, you mentioned the word architect. This is part yeah. of the role to kind of to be a, a cultural architect. Yeah, I think, definitely. I think uh, Erwin McManus uses that term for him. For Love Erwin. Yeah. You know, he, he's a cultural That's architect of this church. Yeah. And, I, you know, in, in my mind, in the church plans, Culture is almost more important than strategy. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of eat strategy for, for breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did, he did say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a big strategy guy. Yeah. I love strategy. I love missions, visions, and values and things like that. Yep. But creating culture uh, in a new church is, is, a, is, is a little bit more nebulous. It's a little bit harder to put pin down. But, it is. you know, I just, I don't know if I'm saying this by way of advice or just mm-hmm. observation. Yeah. But what I see sometimes when, when a church refers to itself as diverse, it what it means is we have people of different colors in our congregation, but right. we're actually a this culture church. So they might be a white culture church that some black people just happen to like, or mm-hmm. some Asian people yep. found, found a home there, mm-hmm. or some Hispanic people or Latino people say, yeah, I'm comfortable there, or it could be a black culture church. But you know, but creating a church where the culture literally reflects the diversity. Mm-hmm. That's that's tricky. That's, mm-hmm. that's hard yeah. to, you know. I, I could see that being, being challenging. So As I talk to people who've done it well, yeah. you know, they will always admit that that's, it's always a learning process. Mm-hmm. It's always a learning process. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if, if if there's a book <laughs> out there that well, could really walk you through that. Well, Mark Dumas, actually. Okay. Uh, Mark Dumas is one of my heroes. He, he's in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he's done this as well as anybody. And he's mm-hmm. thought it through and written it through about how to create that culture. I'd love to see that book. Yeah, he's got a few books. One of them is called Disruption. That's his newest book. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about creating a disruptive culture that changes what, the way the culture okay. is. And in some senses, that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're going to be disrupting something. You're disrupting yeah. the uh, commercialism. You yeah. know, that people walk in with consumerism. Yeah. You know, you're disrupting that in their lives. And that's Absolutely. not what we're about. Jesus does, too. Jesus yeah. disrupted a lot of people. Yes. You know, he was about shaking people and, and helping, you know. Well, you're talking about offending and not offending. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can be disruptive without being a jerk. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. So, uh, what are some other kind of ways you, you see your church as being a disruptor uh, in New News? Disruptor. Well, I'm not throwing your curve there. Yeah, just, no, you know it's it's like you know we um you know one one of the things I talked about earlier is our core value of it's not about us you know and um and so we see that going down into every part of of ministry children's ministry youth ministry small small groups whatever we do we're going to consistently be asking what not what makes us happy but what is going to move the gospel forward you know and uh so you know and, and i think that is going to disrupt a lot of areas yeah. you know because yeah. um you know we we see it as here we are here not not to be defensive to be but to be to be offensive you know jesus said that you know the, the, you know, he was talking to Peter, and he was like, "The gates of hell will not be able to stand up against the church." Well, gates are defensive; mm-hmm. they're not offensive. So he was saying, "We're going to charge, charge the gates of hell, and we're going to hope, hope, hopefully populate heaven." You know, and uh, so that that's one thing that, that we're going to have down to the very core of who we are is is saying, "How are we going to move this gospel forward?" Not what makes us happy. So. That's good. That's good. Um, have, have been telling, tell me a little bit more. Um, I, I promised you a plug. When, when is Lifehouse? Lifehouse Church New Yep. Is launching when and where and yep. what time? And to give us that. Yeah. So, so, sure. Somebody might be interested. Somebody listen might say, "Come and check this, please." Yeah. Out. So Lifehouse Newport News. You can check us out online, Facebook, Instagram. You can check us out um, online at theaterchurchnn.com. Um, we theater are church theater church in dot, dot com uh, and uh, so we will be launching September 17th at 10 a.m. at the 
Kiln Creek Regal Theaters, um, right off of 64, right behind, like, I think there's Sasaki, um, there's a Farm Fresh back there, and different things like that. That's 100 Regal Way, Newport News, Virginia, uh, 23602. And um, so, uh, man, we we would love for you to come out check us out um our launch service like i said is september 17th and um we'll be launching then and uh hopefully we'll have and start a church so if, if someone was interested in coming yeah. what, what can they expect how should they dress what can yeah. they expect uh man we are going to be really laid laid back you know uh you know come as you are uh wear whatever you want just as long as it's closed um, you'll 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 get free Starbucks coffee. Um, Starbucks coffee is actually partnering with us. They're going to be giving us free coffee weekly. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I was like, thank you, Lord. You know, because whenever the Holy Spirit runs out, there's always Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just um, yes, Starbucks coffee, donuts, welcoming atmosphere. You know, we're going to create real laid laid back, chill place. Um, you know, that is, and and then two, you know, birth through fifth. Fifth, fifth grade will have we'll, we'll have children's church, children's activities. So um, how do you make sure the kids are safe? That's you know, <laughs> a great question. Yeah, well, first off, we have a check-in process. Obviously, mm-hmm. they come in and check in on 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 iPads with our our children's check-in system through Planning Center. Um, they'll check in there. Uh, we um, all of our children's workers are background checks we have a safety team that is that is going to be positioned throughout the children's environments making sure things you know and making sure things are good um so children are a very high priority for us so they're going to be safe it's going to be safe clean and fun children's areas um and then yeah and and then we're going to be having um our worship experience worship i'll be preaching um and so you know it's it's going to be your you know, uh, typical church church service, but you know it's going to be in a theater. It's going to have comfortable chairs, so I'm going to have to preach good. Because um, if I don't, people are going to be sleeping. Right. So it's right. it, so so it's exactly. so you know it's definitely challenging there. But uh, it's going to be uh, one of the things or three things that that we say we want we want every environment in our in, in our church to to have is, is fun, authentic, and meaningful. Church can be fun. It's gonna be fun, man. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, it's gonna be a fun environment. Secondly, authentic. We're gonna be us. We're gonna be really, really real. I think I, you know, I can't not be me, you know. And so we 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 want to create that environment. And thirdly, it's going to be meaningful. Meaning this, what we talk about and what we do is going to be worth your time. Um, we want it to apply to you to to you your life and we want it to mean something to you so we're going to work hard to do that and make it worth people's time because we know people give up their Sunday mornings to come to church um, to get their kids up fight with them and hopefully get there by 10 o'clock and so we we want to make it worth their time and have it actually apply to to their lives from Monday through Saturday good well yeah uh, and they can check you out like, and all those places. Theaterchurch and then dot com. Yep. Yep. We we would love to have you check us check us out. Well, um, I want to go back just for a minute. We, yeah. We mentioned Charlottesville, and, and yeah. that's still on people's minds. Not just the Charlottesville event. Yeah. But as you said in your post, there's some roots behind it. There just seems to be a lot of anger in our culture these days. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of polarization. Uh, you know, not just politically, but just in every sense of the word. How does the church in general answer this? This just anger, question. This, this polarization and this us against them mentality. Because quite often, church has not been the best. Yeah, and it, 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 it's often contributed to the problem of polarization and uh, and, and even segregation. So how did, how does the church learn and, and grow uh, and mature in this area of, of really being that voice of of love and reason? Yeah, you know, I would say first off, churches cannot can't run from it, but they've got to run to it. You know, they can't run from from these issues no longer. You know, it's I I I I think days of churches just trying to keep the peace and trying to just keep keep things silent in this social media culture, this media drenched culture, you can't do that no more. You've got to say, you've got to run courageously towards it and and be like, how can we get involved? You know, so really, I think first and foremost, run 
to it, not not run from it. Secondly, I think the church has always been good at talking and not listening. And so I think having the attitude of we're not here to tell you what to do, we're here to listen to you. And and, and I think that that's in many different ways, homosexuality issue, race issue, and things like that. People that have typically been marginalized by the church, I, I think it's we need to quit telling people answers and what the Bible says, and we need to listen. And we need to actually go from a concept to context. You know, something that we had... We had somebody reach, reach out to us on Facebook whenever they saw one of our Facebook ads, and um, and one of the questions was, "Are you a a um, a LGBT affirming church?" And uh, you know, it's like I, I knew we would get that question. Didn't know when, how. You know, we know we just knew that was and, and they posted it on Facebook, and somebody else that we didn't know said, "Following." So it was like, okay, now we've got an audience here. So the dumbest thing that I could have done is to answer her on Facebook yeah. and go on, on on there and explain what our beliefs are and all of that. So what I said is, is this. I'm going to do some background research on her. And the, 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 the woman that asked that, um, she has a 16-year-old transgendered son. And so she actually started a a parent organization for, for 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 parents in this community that have transgender children. So I knew it was something that she was passionate about, yeah. something that she was for. So the dumbest thing that I could have done is just stood behind a keyboard and, and tried to type to her. Because here's, here's, here's the thing, I don't know any trans, that I know of transgender, I don't, I'm not friends with any gay people. So it's, it's like me just giving a biblical answer without having a conversation with the So what I did I, I, is I sent her a, pr- a private message and I was like, hey, um, thank you so much for for reaching out. Um, here's the thing, um, you know, you know, first off, this is a hot button issue within the church. Um, I would love to, to hear your story, where you're coming from, why you're passionate about this, and, and, and while we meet, I can share with you about uh, about our heart for people and and things like that, you know, rather than just, you know, attacking and being like, you know, and, 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 and it was like, and then she responded back and she was like, yeah, because I've, I've got a bunch of kids that are in our organization that have been kicked out of churches and I want to know if they're going to be accepted here. And, um, and I was just like, I have a concept of gay people, a concept of homosexuals. I don't know any. Like, I've never sat down and actually asked them and, and talked with them. And so, so, so we've set something up and we're going to get together. And I just want to listen. Like, I'm not going to be there trying to stuff scripture down her throat and, and try to do all that. I just want to hear her story. You know? And, and really, I think Jesus set that, temp, you know, set that that a, that a example for us, you know, and it was John chapter chapter eight with the with the woman caught caught in the act of uh, adultery. Those religious leaders that took her and threw her before Jesus, I doubt looked at her and 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 said to her, "Tell tell tell us your story. Yeah. How did you get here? Yeah, by the way, where's the guy? By the way, where's the guy? Yeah. In, you know what I'm saying? Like like they didn't care about her story. They just cared about what she did. Yeah." And that is what religious people do. And you know, Jesus didn't throw. He 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 got down with her in in, in her mess and actually had a conversation with her. And, you know, that, and, and that's what I want to do. You know, and I don't know where I was going with your question. I don't, I don't no, know. No, I, no, I, don't, I don't even remember what your question was. Sorry. Well, that's all the better. I mean, but, we we started this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. She was asking you, is your church going to be diverse in this way? Right. This is a different yeah. way, but right. it's a church community. And, and I think your answer was, was, was spot on. Yeah. And I think you're right. You start by saying the church sometimes has, has talked too much, not listened. Yeah. Right? And I think, I think you're right. Yeah. And, and really, I think people know deep down what the Bible says. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think she would be like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know. And what I would tell her is, I search scripture. We submit ourselves to scripture. 
our interpretation of Scripture, searching from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, we do not see where this sort of lifestyle or the LGBT lifestyle is one that that God approves. Are you welcome here? Absolutely. You're welcome here. Because those other people come walk to the door. Other come on, come on, yeah. like bring your bring them. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. But we just don't see it as being something affirmed in Scripture. But you're more than welcome to come and hang out. You, you know, so it's like, you know, I so yeah, so I I think we've really got to listen. We've got to really understand more than just be understood. Um, and plus, too, we have to be bold in calling sin sin. Church has got to be bold in that, you know. And I think there's people in the congregation that are waiting. You know, just, just like the one lady that I that I told you about on our launch team that texted me after I posted something on Facebook, and she said, "I had no idea that what you said would mean so much." I didn't either. I was just calling what I thought was jacked up, jacked, jacked up. Um, so I, I think our congregations need to know what is sin and what is wrong and us not be afraid to call it out and call it what it is um, because until something is named it can't be dealt with and that's going back to that what I was talking about the conversation I had with Freddie yeah. about when is it right to speak out pro, in a prophetic yeah. you know to speak out God says for the way and when am, when am I just reacting out of my own, my own stuff absolutely you know? absolutely yeah. well um we have got just a few minutes left. Anything okay. else you want to add? Kind of give you a little bit of free time here. I've been I've been drilling you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let me see. You know, one of the, the the things that we really have a heart for is to be a church that plants churches. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. Um. Because really, statistically, what reaches people um, is church planting. You know, and and, and so really. Um, and so really, as a church, our goal is to be a church that will parent other churches. We have a church parenting us, so we kind of hope to to make them grandparents, where we will have the opportunity to plant other churches in the 757, or if it's not in the 757, in some other city. Um, you know, because we think everything healthy multiplies. And, um, you know, our, our goal isn't just to have a big church and, just to build a big, a big building, um, we want to church plant. We, we 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 want to always say, God, what are what are you doing to send? We don't want to just be seeding capacity, sending capacity. Um, you know, and 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 so we're we're kind of saying, God, how can we be set up that way to be a church that plants churches and and that isn't just just focused on being something inward for us, but saying, God, how how can you use us to send out? You know, and so that that's that's going to be something about our church that that we're going to be constantly evaluating, putting resources in, and if we ever do get, you know, if ever, if ever God does does bless us to the point where we can build a building or 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 we can do something like that, we see it as being something. How do we make this a gift to our community, and not just being about a church a building that we just have church in once a week or twice a week, but saying how can we make this a gift to our community to where the city knows they have a resource. Um, you know, so like that's gonna be the heartbeat of our church. And God has sent us a great team of people already, um, that that are just incredible and that really have that really have that same heartbeat. Well I appreciate I appreciate that and I have a passion for church planting. Yeah. I always love to hear about churches planting, churches planting, churches because yeah, that's it. that's that's how we change the culture around us. That's how we bring the kingdom of God in. And I would also, I would just really affirm in what I'm hearing in you, uh, our area, uh, you know, when I asked why why a church here, yeah. why now, I, I know the answer. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's good to hear it from you because we desperately need more we do. diverse churches, not just churches, but churches yeah. that look like the community around Amen. And I think your generation is not going to put up with a church that doesn't look like the community around no. They're going to come walk Can't in be. and say, what's wrong with this place? Absolutely. So I think you're on the right track with that. And... Um, and I really believe that that, that that that's what we need. We we just Amen. need more churches that when people walk in, they look around, they see people that look like them. They're oh okay, I, I, maybe I am welcome here. This 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 is the kind of place that's welcome to me. So I want to I, I want to affirm that in you. And 
We're running a little low on time here, so yeah. let me make sure that I put a plug in for next week. Yeah. Um, uh, so tune in next week when Charles sits down with Sinise Anubi, a friend of ours who's the executive director of the Hampton City Unity Commission, and they're going to be talking about diversity from the perspective of the city. And so that should be an interesting conversation, and I'm sure Charles will uh, will have some good things to, to ask Sinise about that. And uh, make sure you make really nice comments about the show and tell Charles what a great job that I've done. And uh, and follow it. Uh, these, these shows, if you haven't been watching regularly, they are archived. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details